Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Amen. Since Holy Week begins next Sunday, as you know, and the following Sunday is Easter, we might consider today another blessing before it goes unnoticed this month. Our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, celebrates its 175th anniversary at the end of April. The Fort Wayne Seminary's magazine I received um, last week, and you might have even gotten the Lutheran witness a little bit later this past week, but in the magazine called For the Life of the World, it has a whole issue this spring, it only comes out quarterly, covering what this celebration of our synod means. Now you've got to know and understand synod is not church in the strict sense unlike how other church bodies might view themselves to literally be the church. However, synod, as we say, does mean to walk together, which is of churches, pastors, and other church workers bound to God's word, and also as confessed and expressed in the Book of Concord. Subscription is to a distinct identity and faithfulness of Christianity. So Lutherans are known to say these, this kind of a phrase, we believe, teach, and confess. The executive director now of our national missions wrote these words. Now 175 years after our synod's founding, it's an excellent time to evaluate the mission spirit of the LCMS. And he goes on to say, we will always find shortcomings in sin in our efforts. It's also easy to make the opposite error. We can believe that our church, our successes, our congregations, and our synod is the work of our hands. That is a corruption so great that only the cross can save us from it. The cross forgives. This takes us, those kind of words, to the parable on the wicked tenants or the wicked vine dressers you hear today. Judgment was upon Israel and chiefly its leaders that were denying the gospel. God's vineyard did go to the others, that being the new Israel or the Christian church. This parable comes to us now, though, but judgment is not all that it brings. God's grace as given in Christ will keep us as good workers in his vineyard. Despising the gracious claim of God as you know, is a judgment against any in his vineyard. There's no exceptions. This parable by Jesus required no reading between the lines. I mean, it, this was Holy Week. It was on Tuesday, three days before his crucifixion. The vineyard had always been a favorable depiction for God's chosen people. So you can find it all over the place. So, for instance, Isaiah said, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. There you go. When Jesus speaks of the owner going off, it might seem to another country for a long time, 
But God was not leaving Israel unattended, but to be tenants or vine dressers to gather the fruits of faithfulness found in his vineyard. Jesus' summary of the Old Testament is done in three verses. You got that, right? He summarizes it all very quickly, showing how God persistently sent his servants, the prophets. But the regular response, as you know, was rejection. Instead of receiving God's word of law and gospel and faith to him, Israel produced fruit for itself and made its own claim on the vineyard. The ultimate act of the owner comes when Jesus tells them that, the, that God the Father had sent his beloved Son. It's right there, John 3, 16. God sent his Son who they would kill and throw away. And now, only after speaking about God destroying the workers in the vineyard going to others. Did you catch this? That's when you have a reaction. Not over the slaughter servants, but finally when it, he says, it's going to be chopped down those people and it's going to be given to other people. And then the people reacted with fear, saying, better translated, you could say it like this, this can never happen. Well, it did happen to Israel. And what comes to us as the New Testament church warns it warns about being wicked tenants. This be when, when we make ourselves God, setting the terms over all we have and do in life, even if I bear the name Christian, that's kind of a, kind of a outside label, not the center. Maybe a loveless attitude can turn us away from anyone outside of my group that I so cherish, and it's good, but... That's good enough for me. Or to treat God's creation not as caretakers, but only consumers. And again, denying the need of forgiveness, life, and salvation as come by God's holy word and sacraments is to deny that Jesus will do us any good. Oh, I believe in Jesus, and I'm going to go to heaven, but we really, by denying those gifts, are saying he's no good for my life in this world Despising this grace walks a dark path of unbelief that goes against our baptism and will lead to rejecting the redeemed life we share in his vineyard. It can also go the other way, though, too, where rightful praise to the Lord and his grace is instead praising our own investments made in the church. What is to happen if the fruits of faith are not of faith? But like the Pharisees, we're doing it for our own self-preservation. Or it becomes a fleshly fruit bound to the world. You know what's going to happen. He'll take it from you and give it to others. Church history is riddled with that truth. And so, thankfully as Lutherans, 
We still keep that pertinent point of the church service after we call upon and invoke God's holy name. We keep confession absolution. We go back to the faithfulness of God who forgives. And yet, that's the point. The cross of Christ is a judgment that bears God's grace, promising to keep us in his vineyard. Jesus turned to the people to tie their fear to what God made known by Scripture. Quoting Psalm 118, you heard him say, What then is this that is written? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Jewish leaders and people's approval that week of Christ's crucifixion fulfilled what God saw sufficient to be for all treachery in any time or place worked by us as sinners. It takes us right to the cross. And so the rejection and justifying judgment of Jesus fashioned of love fit for sinners. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, Jesus says, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Out of his sacrifice, Jesus cast out dead, useless, did rise on the third day. The Father has made him the chief cornerstone of the new Israel, the church. It is to this good news Peter on Pentecost said these wonderful news, these wonderful words, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucify. And of course, you know what happened? They were cut to the heart, and they say, what can we do? And he goes, repent, believe the gospel, and be baptized, which means get out of that place, get away from there, and come into the body of Christ. And many did that day. By the grace of God, hope remains to believe in Christ. And for, and for he alone keeps us as good workers in his vineyard. St. Paul today, you know, he saw beyond the church's situation and the worldly boasting to confess what you heard. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord. Can we do the same? I don't know. That's pretty tough. The cornerstone, or the keystone it's called, bears the weight. It's like the centerpiece that holds it all together. He bears the weight on all sides, Jesus does, and the Holy Spirit grace calls us to trust in him above all. Jesus forgives your sins of denial by what you've done in life and how you treat your life as your own. He holds up his love over your fears of the future and what death may put in your face. He promises, most importantly, you're certainly not alone in his church. You're not an outsider. You're part of this body of Christ. God, good tenants, turn away from the wickedness of resisting God as the owner and sustainer of our life as a gift of his goodness. Receptivity to the gospel in this vineyard means to cling to Jesus. And God's word 
does give fruitful labor to praise him above all, even if it be, as we've been singing in Lent, even it be the way of the cross. The parable today shows how corruption so great wastes God's grace to bring certain judgment. We're just before Holy Week, and this Sunday before Palm Sunday sets the whole tone. Because in our hands, it is loss. No gain. But come with me on Palm Sunday and Holy Week to Easter, because in his hands, it's all good for you and for his whole church. The cross of our Lord Jesus renders judgment by God, promising forgiveness as his greatest gift. Our founding father of the LCMS, C.F.W. Walther, saw beyond a newly formed synod or the changing scene of America by these words. He said, All works our ever so proudly into the cloud that produce them or fall by the hands that build them. Christ's church, however, is not a work of man. She rests upon an eternal foundation, Jesus Christ, God the Son. Of course, C.W. Walther didn't know what, how good God would be to our synod, let alone to the churches, let alone to the pastors and the people. But nonetheless, he wasn't counting on anything that we can enjoy today, like Concordia Publishing House, Lutheran Witness, and all the other things that provide these great things for us to be God's people. Since the word alone makes for fruitfulness, there is a unity to believe, teach, and confess faithfulness to Christ, Christ alone. God's grace as given in Christ will keep us as good workers in his vineyard. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding be with your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.